never reach me Were some guys who were preacher fans The only dudes who could ever teach me Were some guys who were preacher fans Yes, they were They were Oh, yes, they were That's a podcast theme right there Welcome to Preacher Man, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Fear of the Lord, the spookiest episode of Preacher so far. Very oh. scary. Were you guys terrified of the Lord this episode? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, and if we take this show to be sort of our religion, then we should be terrified because it's coming to an end. We're in the last, oh, we're in like yeah. the book of Revelations. What happens to our Lord once the show is over? That's it. Free reign on Earth. <laughs> Very excited. It's not like we can this. just f- jump into another show and start worshiping that. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get into a recap for the episode. Let's run down exactly what has been going on because lots of stuff has been going down. Uh, first of all, Jesse Custer, the hero of the show, dead, forever dead. Yeah. Totally dead, 100%, yep. never coming back, so that's pretty unfortunate. But he is currently trapped in hell, and heaven in hell is trying to make an offer to be the new god. They want him to sit on the throne. They want him to accept his place as the new god of creation, and he keeps rejecting it. He wants to stick with God. He wants to get to God because he has a question for God. Meanwhile, God has a big old plan that he's been working on Jesse for the past, oh, I don't know, his entire life, where he has been manipulating him and his friends, but also he has been slowly manipulating things so that they are building to an apocalypse that has kicked off with a war between Australia and New Zealand, as it was prophesied. And that has all been manipulated as well by the Grail organization based out of Masada that is run by a dude named Hairstar. Now, Hairstar has seen better days, shall we say. Uh, first, he got hit on the head so that his head looks like a penis. Uh, his eye got cut out out of some previous time. We find out a lot more about that this episode. Yeah. Uh, also, his ear got shot off and he replaced it with a bunch of foreskins. Not a great idea. And then last episode, his junk got bit off by a dingo. So bad times for Hairstar. He was picked up out of the desert by a bunch of folks that we didn't get to see. Get to see a bunch more about them as well this episode. Also working at the Grail is Featherstone, who is Hairstar's number two. She loves Hairstar, and she hates Tulip, who is Jesse's on-again, off-again girlfriend. Very off-again, what with him being dead and all. The Uh, ultimate off. Yes, so she has... Shown a little bit of interest in Cassidy, who is their vampire friend. They're both super bummed out about Jesse dying, as you might imagine. Uh, and they have decided to take revenge on God by picking up Humperdue, who is a inbred descendant of Jesus, who is destined to be the Messiah, the new Messiah. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you got Jesus, the actual Jesus, who is back negotiating for heaven on the apocalypse. On the other side of the spectrum is Hitler, who is negotiating for hell on the apocalypse. But they've hatched a little bit of a plan together. Hitler wants Jesus to be the Messiah, not Humperdew, even though Humperdew is an amazing dancer. So right. that's the conflict that we're leading into going into this episode, which kicks off 
with uh, some pretty bad times for Hair Star. Specifically, we get a shot right at the beginning of Hair Star getting a new penis, which is a faucet. Uh, no. I'm gonna just honestly, faucet I think penis. things are on the uptick for him. Yeah, this is a brand new uh, dick. Oh yeah, well you got uh, you got brand new plumbing, right, Justin? By which I mean <laughs> right. pipes and stuff. Mine's mine's uh, not a spigot, but more of like one of those uh, spray ends for the hose that you can turn so it has mm. different settings. Uh-huh. Oh wow! Mine's a so slip can, and slide. Oh, that's difficult. Uh, for so, what's slipping yes. and sliding? If I might ask. Uh, well, I don't want to get into it too much. Uh, I do want to mention, though, that this episode of Preacher was probably the grossest episode of Preacher so far, and that's saying much. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but even with, yep. like, the All-Father exploding, this was this was hard to watch, this episode, I felt like. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it felt pretty, pretty much par for the course, I feel like. <laughs> Just, like, general heightening of... Uh, spigot dicks, uh, cheek bites, your your regular preacher stuff. They got to yeah, move. They got to go I mean, somewhere. You, you had you had ants being funneled up a dude's ass. You Those know, ants I were mean, just doing their lot. business. They were not being. For, they there were just was going cannibalism. About their business. Well, Pete, uh, you spent that time as a human ant farm, right? Nope. Hashtag You're a human Pete sexual ant farm. <laughs> you were the the queen yeah, ant. As long as you guys are having fun, I guess that's all that matters. Oh, thanks, Pete. I really appreciate that. That is yeah. fun. Yes. So uh, we get to a flashback of Hair Star. We get to see him as, I guess, a child wearing a ridiculous wig. He wins a singing competition in Germany. Uh, Fourth time the, in a row he wins it. What? Fourth time in a row he wins it. Fourth yeah. time in a row. That's the greedy. other kids get super mad and they cut out his eye which is uh, how he ended up like that. Uh, And then we cut back to the present where a bunch of inbred hillbillies who live in a cave are helping out Hair Star. Uh, They feed him a soup to get him better. They're very kind. Turns out they're actually feeding him his leg. Now, again, I I don't mean to keep harping on this. It wasn't soup. It was like a goulash or something, you know? Oh, okay. Uh, Thank you. He can always spot a goulash. (laughs) Yeah. Pete actually released a cannibal cooking book you really yeah. should check out. The recipes are very good. <laughs> Thank it you. is. Thank it's you a much. cooking book, and you're going to love it. And the book itself is made of human flesh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, what was it called again? Don't to waste. Serve Man? Was that it? Mm. Yep. Yep. Nice. Thanks for agreeing with everything. I really appreciate, by the way, Pete, your uh, principle, uh, the improv principle you're using on this episode, which is yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yep. That's the whole thing. Just That's yes. the whole thing. There's no, no second just, part to it. Just yeah. yes. <laughs> Improv is just the best way to sit with your friends. Now, <laughs> just to get back to it, uh, not to harp on this too much, this is straight out of the comic book. The whole hillbillies, her star getting cut yeah. up, her star getting eaten, all this stuff. But there's, uh, there is a palpable difference to me reading into the comic book where it still seemed gross but funny when Garth mm-hmm. Edison and Steve Dillon were doing it versus seeing it on screen where because Pip Torrens is so enjoyable the part of Hair Star it was very hard and sad to watch for me personally I don't know how you guys felt well it seems like these last few episodes are purposefully about punishing him 
And like, yeah. it's crazy to me that they've devoted, as we're ticking down the last minutes of this show, so much of the time is literally just watching him be tortured. Uh, pieces of him falling off the, the bone. It's, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, again, thanks for just agreeing, Pete, with no further. Yeah, I just Why feel does- that, like, uh, I, I just feel that, like, he, I don't feel bad for him because he's, he's really evil and really fucked up. So, uh, you know, I still think there's a lot of joy in, in kind of seeing him torture a little bit like this. But, uh, yeah, it's, it was pretty gross when he was like, we are eating me. Well, it is. But, I mean, you got Hitler hanging out in the show. So why does, why does poor Hair Star have to be punished the most? <laughs> Hitler's just chilling. Uh, but he's, like, kind of a nice Hitler. And he's savvy. That's the thing. His Hair Star doesn't know what he's doing most of the time. Interesting. So you're saying, let me, let me just put this in the sort of the context of <laughs> sure. history. Go for uh, it. Hitler's, if Hitler was a little more savvy, you'd be cool with it. It's like if you were to put Hitler and Mr. Bean on the same scale mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Bean, not Which savvy, I do. not yeah. savvy, he should be punished. Hitler, pretty savvy. Fine. Here's the thing. You can't fault Hitler's efficiency. My God, wow. what just happened? Alex is in a What mood. just you happened? You can't fault Mr. Bean's efficiency. <laughs> that guy's 100% clumsy. Oh, man. He'll mess up any situation. He's a goof. Oh, That's true. Uh, hopefully we'll see what happened to him before the end of the season. Now, over in hell, Fiori is still trying to get Jesse to reconsider the whole sitting on the throne thing. Uh, but it turns out Jesse is actually hanging in a cage covered in ants, as we mentioned earlier, very upsetting. It's one of several tortures that they throw Jesse's way. Uh, yeah. They, I believe, put him in a barrel of rats. They set him on fire. Yeah. Regular and stuff. What was, what was tough was we have that moment when they're, you know, they're like three months later. I'm like, oh, man, Jesse's been tortured like that for three months straight. That's crazy. Now, what's yeah, the longest you could take, Pete? I would say two and a half, you know. Seconds? Two and a half what? Months. Months? Oh, really? Really? Are you willing to spend like a nice winter being tortured? Yeah, I mean, you know, for 30 days you can take, you know, uh, ants or a barrel of rats. Sure, sure, no problem. But like, you know. Again. I got to think, the ants in your again, butt, once, you, once they're in the ants are in your butt, that's fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just God. the entrance. Yeah, once they're in there, they're in there. That's what you're saying. Oh. And well, I'm Pete, just saying, again, like, what, you what are ants time as a, yeah, Pete, you spend time as a human sexual ant farm, so <laughs> you're aware of how difficult this is and inured to the process, if you will. Uh, yeah, this is great. I love this bit. Um, thank you. Again, thank That's you so much. So uh, positive. So, meanwhile, Cassidy and Tulip take Humperdue out to kill him. They're waiting for God. To the moon. To the moon. Uh, they Well, that's right after that. First, uh, Cassidy is gathering pine cones with Humperdue, which is very adorable. Oh, so, so adorable. It's They're a, a family. Fam- pine cone family. They're a family. Yeah. Uh, turns out Humperdue is covered in Sivar, and then they do the part where they say, hey, Humperdue, go to the moon. They're doing a rehearsal. They have a refrigerator with the top door off. He gets in there, and they're going to blow him up in the fridge, ostensibly in front of God. But the problem is that Cassidy is getting charmed by everything that's going on. Yeah, everybody kind of gets 
charmed by Humperdew. Yeah. Are you nice. charmed? Are you guys charmed by Humperdew? I think he's nice. What he doesn't he's being played. He's a pawn in this game and he's just trying to he wants to eat some good food. He's just an innocent guy who can dance so so well it's just, you know, it's transcendent. He's like Billy Elliot. <laughs> Uh, so then we get over to what's going on in the Grail. Jesus and Hitler are talking. Jesus is worried they're doing the wrong thing. Hairstar returns. He has a squeaky leg. We should learn later that he has a metal leg. Uh, and a, a plot move that I really like that happened now is Hairstar has been so beaten down that when Hitler and Jesus are still pretending that they don't know that Humperdew is gone, Hairstar is like, cut the bullshit. We all know what's going on here. Humperdew is gone. Let's just move past that. And as from a structural perspective, I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we when the audience is ahead of the moment like that, yeah, let's just get to it. One thing <laughs> yeah, I want to exactly. say is it's a little weird. Um, Star's leg is like a pretty shitty prosthetic leg. Like, can't they? It's the grail. Don't they have a, they have a Starbucks-style coffee shop in the building? They don't have a and better leg. If it's if it's not all white, you know they don't care about it. You know what I mean. So that, that leg is you know different colors of silver. So it's just it's not going to be pristine. So they don't they don't treat it well. It looked like a Scooby Doo piece of like armor, like a knight's armor from Scooby Doo. Hmm. It, yeah, it definitely did. Uh, so Jesus, it turns out their plan, Jesus and Hitler's plan is that since Humperdue is such a great dancer, Jesus is going to do a little break dancing to it's tricky. Uh, that was unbelievable. And it was really funny that like moment where he's spinning on his head and it's just kind of like this, Oh, it was really well. I know like, you know, the actor, like they kind of cut away so like you get like a real break dancer in. But I really thought it was very it was a very hilarious moment, especially with Hairstar looking so miserable. I mean, I'll tell you what, if Jesus breakdanced in real life, I'd be a Christian. Wow. <laughs> you mean wow. back in the day or you mean like he That's shows powerful. up and he's like, Yo, Alex, pump that beat. I mean if he if he was, if he, if they rolled away that rock and he breakdanced out of that cave after three days, super impressive. Yeah. I mean, you got to think he was, how do you think he walked out of the cave? You think he was like, what up? Or is he like, I would have think he had some hype behind him. He probably did yeah. the snake. <laughs> mm. I tell you what, Zalvin, you should go down to Times Square because there's so many breakdancing Jesuses down there, you know, like. You might change religions. No, nah, man, there's those Elmos that keep trying to steal my children. I'm not going down there. Uh, smart. Yeah. Give uh, one of your kids to the Elmos. Why are you so greedy? <laughs> Let them have Listen, an Elmo man, life. I had three kids. I had three kids. I've already given my tithe to the Elmos. Oh, wow. Elmos are greedy. They want more. They <laughs> do. They do. It's like that comic Witches. Uh, all right, so uh, Humperdew, it turns out, has wandered off. He's playing with two deer. Uh, there's Aww. a very funny exchange where they're like, uh, where Cassidy, and it's kind of happening in the background, but Cassidy is like, uh, oh, that's so sweet, you're with two deer. And uh, Humperdew says, dog. And yeah. then as they're <laughs> walking off, he, Cassidy says, oh, we're going to have to check you for ticks now. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was so funny because he was like, oh, that was biblical. It was so beautiful. Uh, but you know what? We got to check you for ticks now because you were hanging out with wild animals. I, I, uh, I haven't done any reading about this, so I have no knowledge whatsoever. But I wonder how much of Cassidy's dialogue is just Joseph Gilgan improvising. Yeah. Like, I'm sure some mm. of it is written down, but it feels like there's a lot that they must play with on set with him. Well, I got to think, I mean, he, ticks weren't much of a thing back, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago when this was written. So I think that tick line is fresh. Mm. Mm. Ticks, are, also, ticks are a big deal. I also just, even if it's, if it's not improvised uh, and it is already written like that for him, the way he owns it and just makes it seem so too Cassidy is just magical. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut back to Hair Star, who is wandering naked, drunk, with his sash, his winning sash on. He tries to hang himself with his sash, but it slips and it rips his nipples off. Oh. Again, awful. He falls down to the floor. He pisses himself. And then God shows up, looks down at him, mocks him. And you see God in the reflection of his urine. Yeah, which yeah. I do every Beautiful. time as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a. You should alert the Inquirer. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I mean, you that's take a blurry picture. They pay a lot of money for that. No, that's I'm Hairstar's always... fault for not leaving his urine spigot open when he hung himself. <laughs> yeah. Do you leave never leave clothes? the hose on? Oh, okay, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's a common problem. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, what actually happens there though is. Hairstar is crying. He's at his lowest point. And God, after ripping a new one, doing a tight five all about Hairstar, ultimately says, you find me Humperdue, and I will give you your looks back. Now, I'll tell you, I'm going to jump ahead to the end of the episode. I'm surprised that God went through with it. Yeah. Yeah. And even when we saw it, I thought it was some sort of trick. I thought it was a dream or something, yeah. Yeah, I mean... that's what I'm I'm curious how this whole thing works cuz like God pretty all powerful why can't he find Humperdoo on his own like what's his power set here But I also think that like God would give him his looks back because Hoover too is dead so like his whole reason for looks is kind of gone I, I mean think, there'll be other uh, Hoovers to, Yeah Hoover 3 probably Justin to your yeah. point I think it's more about paying homage to God than anything else. I think what God wants out of her star is to bring her star to his lowest point so that he is utterly devoted to God when he ultimately is lift up again. Like, that's the thing. Like, he probably knows exactly where Humperdue is, but he wants the humans to take care of it for him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Go ahead. This God guy is really selfish and lazy, man. Um, yeah. Uh, so then uh, Jesse's in the barrel of rats, and uh, who comes to free him from hell but the Saint of Killers? Yeah. didn't mention him in the recap. The Saint of Killers is this immortal killer who was in hell for a little while. Uh, we thought initially he was trying to kill Jesse, but turns out he's actually trying to kill God. So the Saint frees Jesse, takes him back. Uh, the Saint talks to Jesse for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out he's still in hell. That was, yeah, that, was whew, that, yeah. that was a gut punch. That was yeah. like, I, there were several, tw- I feel like they did such a good job of 
building so many twists that I didn't see that twist coming. It was funny because I kind of realized at the same time Jesse did where he was like, wait a second, you don't talk this much. I was like, yeah, what is he being so chatty for all of a sudden? I liked it. I I I wish it was real because that story was cool. And I liked that the Santa Killers is like, you know what? We cool. Yeah, yeah, you like that story about all those people dying because of a map being red wrong? You Maps are like tricky. Maps are tricky. Wow. When was that time that you was looked crazy at a map? When it was like, no, I was the general. Yeah. Last time I looked at a map, a oh, thousand people died. Yeah. Wow. I don't want to get into it too much. Do you think that um, when the Santa Killer said I was the general, he meant the general from the, hel- the car insurance commercials? Yeah, 100%. It it sort of checks out. It's a similar look. Yes, I definitely think that's true. That's absolutely accurate. Uh, So he's still in hell. They're still trying to get him to sit on the throne. And in fact, they pick Jesse up and put him on the throne, at which point God says, I bring you back to life. And Jesse comes back to life. He digs himself out out of the grave. He's alive again. Before we can find out what's happening to him, classic Tulip bit. Tulip uh, is making burgers for everybody. She makes the burgers with blueberries. I love yep. this because this was like such a... I feel like there was something in season two when they were in New Orleans that I'm not remembering, but there was that whole thing where she cooked in the first season and yeah. she put maple syrup on everything and everybody was like, oh, what? what is this? What is this horrible taste that's in here? <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Uh, and Cassidy's reaction of it's very surprising was yeah. Yeah. perfect. It's very funny. This is such a fun little scene. Yeah. And then again, <laughs> totally gross because Humperdue, Humperdue projectile vomits, then Cassidy projectile vomits. Uh, I, I love me a good vomit scene, but this was too much again. I don't know what it was about <laughs> what? this episode. What are you, yeah. sensitive all of a sudden? I was very sensitive. No, I. This was, it was just what you want. It was a lot. It was a lot in this episode of like over the top grossness. And then when I got worried about them because you know the bad guys are coming for him, and Cassie slips on the you know tulips puke. I mean, it was just you know that's fun puke, uh, just like physical comedy. Yeah. No. No. It's a classic uh, Pratt Falls. It's like your Charlie Chaplin slipping on vomit while the religious nope. cult comes in to steal the uh, <laughs> savior. Yeah. Do you remember the scene in The Kid where Charlie Chaplin, uh, Chaplin uh, shat himself? Yeah, that was that's a f- it was funny. I mean, that was one where like the piano playing was like, oh, it's. Uh, yeah, he shit him. It's like a funny shit yeah, yeah, sound yeah, yeah, yeah. on the yeah, piano. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> you know, it was it was pretty. It was more of a shart. Oh my god! Yeah, what is yeah. happening? Wow, right clearly now? you've been to film school, Alex. <laughs> I have. Your thesis, uh, we, it was a shart, was uh, <laughs> really well <laughs> well done. Thank you for reading my paper, by the way. I really appreciate that. I've actually dug into a lot of your both of your high school and college records. <laughs> read a lot of your, uh, your SAT essays, um, Pete, your Iowa tests were, I'm honestly subpar, um, <laughs> really just great essays. I didn't know what, did, you, uh, you expect? did you read uh, Pete's improv final paper, uh, <laughs> Del Close and the Rule of Yes? Yeah, it was, a, it was a great paper. It was very short. 
Uh, <laughs> one word. It's a one word paper. So the Grell does attack. Turns out they're using a sonic nauseator to make everybody vomit. Uh, Humperdue does go to the moon, but Cassidy doesn't want to kill him. Tulip chops him with an axe. Yeah, throws an axe through him. Yeah. But she can't do it either. And they mm-hmm. ultimately take Humperdue back to the Grell. Uh, Jesse, meanwhile, is walking through the desert. He's trying to get back home to his friends. When God pulls up in his RV, and he's... Uh, Pete, you're shaking your head. What's going through your head when you're watching this scene? I was like, oh, man, is God going to run him over in the RV? Uh, you know, but I could kind of, you know, seeing him in the robe and the sandals all the time, I think that's why he liked the dog suit so much, because he was always in flowing robes where the dog suit's a little bit more constricting. He wants that tight spandex. I feel yeah. that. I understand that. Pete, is that like- your professional opinion on that? It's just my opinion. Just an opinion. Great. I would like to try one of those uh, suits on. Yeah? Yeah. You know what? Maybe for the last episode, we should all wear a spandex dog suit. What do you think? Nope. That's a great idea. Thank you. And then we'll see what happens. So Jesse finally meets God. He finally sees God. God gives a very cheesy, yes, yes, it's really me. And Jesse embraces him. They have a whole speech. Jesse says, I did it. I saved the world. I never rejected you. And God says, you came so close. So close. What an asshole. thought about it. And I got to tell you, God is an asshole. That's part one. But part two, he's correct, right? Like, Jesse is doing this not for the right reasons. Like he, I feel like that's not. This isn't the Bachelor. That's he's he, just doing it. Yeah, he's yeah. It's not about like you know actions speak louder than words. Like he didn't do it. They tried to force him on the throne. And he wouldn't do it. He fought him tooth and nail. And then God was like, "Yeah, but you kind of wanted it." But the, the, that's the thing with like the Christian religion is all about like do all this shit or else. And then at the end, if as long as you're just like I like Jesus, they're like fine. Right. Well, so they talked like about a, that. They you can talked about a lot that two episodes back, right? Yeah. 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 Um, that's I, why I I'm Jewish. I had the choice right. when I was a baby, and I went with Judaism. Oh, it was like the red pill, blue pill, blue pill scene in Matrix? Yeah, it was pretty sweet. My doctor was Lawrence Fishburne. Very wow. cool. Very yeah. good doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Fishburne, Great. MD. Uh, so Jesse gets pissed that he's going to destroy the girl world. Uh, so God strangles him and bites out his eye. Classic, classic God behavior straight out of the Bible. So gross. It'd be hard to get the eye though. Like did he, how did he scoop it out with his tongue? I don't, I don't know. You know what? I'll tell you really mastered that in junior high. We had a lesson in health class about drugs and they talked about LSD. And when they were talking about LSD, they told this story about a girl who was exactly our age who did mm-hmm. LSD and uh, hallucinated these spiders and was so freaked out by these spiders crawling all over her. She, the way they described it, I remember it so clearly, is hooked her fingers in the corners of her eyes and popped them out and then went to an insane asylum for the rest of her life and still saw those spiders. 
because they were in her mind, not her eyes. And the point of it was like, don't do LSD. It's a bad drug, et cetera, et cetera. But the main takeaway I took from that is, oh, my God, it is so easy to pop your eyes out. So to yeah. this day, still, when I'm like rubbing my eyes, I think about that because I'm like, if I push too hard, my eyes are coming out. That's just how it works. Uh, wow. So that's a constant thought. Constant. Do you ever go visit? Do you ever go visit the girl in the insane asylum? Uh, we yeah. got married. Okay. You, married, you married her? We had three kids until I gave away the third one. Wow. Oh, Does she ever, do you ever see the spiders? Um, I tell her I do because I love oh, her. That is sweet. <laughs> and that's one of the little things you do for love is lie yeah. about a spider hallucination. <laughs> uh, there was a fun line where God was like, you know, hey, a little thanks would be nice. And Jesse was like, thanks for what? Kids with cancer? The Kardashians? Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. I, I got to tell you, I thought that joke was a little easy. That, I agree. That, you agree? Yeah, Kardashians, easy to make fun of. Get a little more specific with something. Yeah. We've all seen that joke. Like, what about the Koch brothers? What about, um, uh, I don't know, uh, So You Think You Can Dance? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was randomly kind of funny. That, like, you're talking to God and that's the diss you're going with. Yeah. Yeah, well, agree to disagree, Pete. Uh, so Fine. God sends Jesse back to his friends. Meanwhile, Hairstar, as we mentioned earlier, gets his looks back for bringing in Humperdue. And he, again, a very funny exchange, but he's addressing all of the grail. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, the apocalypse has, and somebody yells out, an air date. And he says, yes, uh, the apocalypse has an air date. That, that to me, opposite of the Kardashians, was just such a very specific, funny TV joke. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. It was a weird thing to, still, to have it be shouted from the back, too. It was, it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, so then we get back to Pete's favorite scene of the season. I know this. It was the opening scene of episode one. Cassidy enters and kisses Tulip, and they kiss each other. Yes. Well, it seemed like Tulip kissed him. Right. Tulip kissed him. He also kissed her. It takes yeah. four lips to tango is what I always say. That's true. Yep. You can't tango with two lips. With I tulip. cannot believe that Jesse did not walk in as this was happening. Yeah. I was shocked. Well, yeah. but, I mean, they kissed, and then there's a little time dash because then they had sex. And then right. they wake up. Mm-hmm. Do you know that they had sex because all of their clothes were on? Well, yeah, but it, they were kind of like in the happy pajamas the next day. That's yeah. what they call them, the happy pajamas. Maybe yeah. maybe they just got to second base or something or did some light rubbing. Yeah, I guess okay. that's true. They could have just uh, topped out at light rubbing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you, actually, was... Alex, I have a couple questions. What do you mean by yes. light rubbing? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm just saying maybe they got to, like, what is it called? Dirty third? Oh, my God. Uh, what, what are you happening? even talking about? And, Alex, <laughs> yeah, let me just say, it? let me speak for the listener, and I say, grow up. <laughs> Listen, man, when you're married to a lady in an insane asylum who sees spiders all the time, you take what you can get. And nice. what I can get is dirty third. <laughs> oh, my God. Still, hey, your foreplay is talking about the bases you want to get to? Yeah. She's a big 
uh, baseball. Fact. Baseball. Fact. Yeah, you had to pause and think what baseball was. <laughs> that was amazing. That's good that stuff was right amazing. There. Yeah. Perhaps you know my wife, Mrs. Bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That yeah. explains so much. Right. That's yeah. why she has to wear the baseball hat is because she has yeah, no yeah, eyes. Yeah, her eyes are, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, they kiss. Uh, and then we get a little bit of a side note. We also didn't mention Eugene, a.k.a. Arseface, oh. who comes from the same hometown as Jesse. He has been sentenced to prison for trying to kill Jesse, or at least he claimed to kill Jesse. Uh, turns mm-hmm. out he didn't quite do that. Uh, but then we get a setup of a plot line that we didn't think was going to happen because we didn't oh, think I'm there so was excited. enough time. Uh, a man gets stabbed. Eugene walks up to him and says, hey, why were you guys being so mean? And picks up his guitar and looks at it thoughtfully. Uh, I cannot believe they're actually going with this when there's like three episodes left. Pete? There's like two episodes left. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was so excited when he picked up the guitar. Um, So excited. But it was such a crazy moment where this guy is playing an unbelievably talented solo on the guitar and then just gets shivved. And then Arseface walks over and, like, kind of pokes him, like, hey, hey, you all right? Yeah, that was a fun moment. I don't know what plotline you're talking about because I haven't read the comics, but it sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is fun. It's just something that happens, I think. 15 to 20 issues before the end versus right as we're finishing up here, but that's Uh, fine. Uh, And then our last scene is there's a knock at the door of Cassidy and Tulip's hotel room and Jesse enters, hugs Tulip. She hugs him back. And in the background, the last line of the episode is Cassidy going. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was great. great. Cassidy kind of just like kind of shrinks down knowing that now that Jesse's back, like he's second fiddle. He's no longer, you know, or is tough. he or is it's he tough? You don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. It seems like he's on the outs again. We'll so see maybe they're happens. off again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesse was dead in Tulip's defense. Yeah. That's a breakup. That is. If you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Preacher. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Also at Men Preacher for preacher specific content. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you next week on Preacher Men. Preacher Men.